The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we are talking about inflammation, kind of a catchy word. There is different types of inflammation as well. We kind of use it overall as a negative connotation, but there actually is such a thing as good inflammation. So we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between the two, what type of immunity is happening when we have these different types of inflammation. But overall, inevitably, what we can do on ways to naturally reduce inflammation. And so that's kind of where if you don't know anything about what we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, I think it's noteworthy. Oftentimes when you think about chiropractic, you think about headaches, neck pain, and back pain, right? We're kind of glorified Advils. But here's what I've never wanted to be in my office is a glorified Advil. Hey, if you're coming in just for lower back pain, you could probably pop in a Tylenol and it'll help faster and cheaper. You know, but most individuals understand that a lack of Tylenol is not causing your back pain. So if you're someone who is an action taker, a go-getter, you're working on getting down to the cause of the problem, that's inevitably what we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. You know, I, I share, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've shared with someone who didn't know about my practice. And um, I was recently in a group of individuals who didn't really know the difference about what we do at our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic versus kind of the average pain-based chiropractic. And so I got to dive down deep and it's... Uh, you know, just talking about how when you graduate, you are a chiropractor. Chiropractic school, you're a chiropractor. And that's great. And most of that aspect is pain-based. More specifically, myself and the doctors that I have in the office have a secondary certification in terms of spinal correction, advanced nutrition. We do a lot of functional medicine testing in the office. It just allows us for an opportunity where we can truly get down to the root cause you know, for example, patients come in with back pain, you know, and a lot, so many people say, oh, it's just inflammation. But if you have a chronic degenerative process to the spine, osteoarthritis, degenerative disc disease, spinal stenosis, 
oftentimes where ordinary medicine and chiropractic have failed an individual, that is one of the, the aspects because of our specialty and why we see greater results. On the same accord, it is not uncommon for us to um, want to dive down a little bit deeper into causation, right? So we say, hey, guess what? We can help you. And we get them adjusted and they say, I think I need a little bit more. So we'll do some functional medicine testing. We'll look at if they need a GI stool map or if it's a food allergy or if it's you know, one we want to look at functional vitamin deficiencies. It's so often, like I saw someone just the other day, average patients needs 2.4 micrograms of B12. This patient needed like over 100 times that. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this is just, um, you got to, we got to get down a little bit deeper, right? Is this, and then, you know, someone who actually has the knowledge to put them together. Hey, you're deficient in cobalamin and folate. By the way, it is not uncommon for anemia. So many patients come in like, oh, I just have to take extra iron. But if you're deficient in those B vitamins, your body is not utilizing and absorbing the iron properly. So is that a vitamin deficiency? And then you're like, oh, you're deficient in B vitamins. Why? And you're like, oh, because you have small intestinal bacteria overgrowth because you've taken the same probiotic that you've liked for the last five years. And now you're over inoculated because it's not spore based, right? And so in your brain right now, you're listening, thinking, what? And you're like, right, just because you get um, labs that might say something is high or something is low, you need to find yourself a practitioner who is educated on being able to dive down deep and figure out like what is the cause of the problem. Inevitably, that's what I'm here telling you today is that if you are sick and tired of chasing symptoms and you're truly looking for someone who wants to get down to the root cause of the problem, that is what we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or just hop online, schedule an appointment. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Before we dive into inflammation, let's talk about some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. Today's House in the News, what you should know about Tupperware and plastic container safety. I think it's good they're catching up. We've been talking about this for quite some time. So Tupperware, the iconic kitchen brand that has been a household name for decades, recently received a lifeline from its creditors, but the business still faces extreme challenges. Given the brand's prospects, you might be wondering how long your stash of its food uh, storage containers is safe to use, especially if it's vintage. Figuring out the answer to that question for any type of reusable plastic food storage, not just Tupperware, often comes down to understanding what they're made of. Bisphenol A, also known as BPA, is, and now listen, this is a side note, you're going to say, Everything I do is BPA-free. I'm going to talk about that because you're probably doing BPS. It's just as bad, if not worse. 
Um, BPA is a chemical that, according to the United States Institute of Environmental Health Services, has been used for years in production of certain plastics to make them more durable and shatter resistance. Unfortunately, BPA can also make them potentially hazardous. In human studies, BPA has been associated with a high risk of a wide range of health conditions or issues, including infertility, altered fetal growth of the fetus, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, and aggression among children, polycystic ovarian syndrome, also known as PCOS, endometriosis, and heart disease. This is coming from a professor, uh, Laura Vanderberg, University of Massachusetts. In addition to food containers, BPA has also been used in a variety of other products, including shatterproof windows, water bottles, eyewear, resin coats, uh, coating metal food cans, uh, bottle tops, water supply pipes. The composition of your plastic products can depend on throughout the year you bought it. So since March of 2010, items like Tupperware sells in the United States and Canada are BPA-free, according to its website. According to its website. Um, We worry about those hard, shatter-resistant plastics that are made a decade ago. They were made with BPA. Every single time that they're used, they're leaching small amounts of BPA out of them. Even at low levels of BPA that can leach from plastics, food lining, consumer goods have been showed associated harm in terms of healthcare. Um, now, when you're looking most BPA-free, it's still plastic, right? But we're like, oh, it's BPA-free. It's made with BPS, which is just, it's the sister of BPA and still has the same hormonal imbalances. You have to think, if you have someone who's suffering with infertility, how often does someone say, what kind of containers are you warming up your food in? Someone has endometriosis, they're like, oh, no, definitely not a diet or lifestyle related, but can it be? When you look at your children, right, who are aggressive or hyperactive, and you think back, what are you warming up their food in? What are you sending them? Like, how are you sending their food to lunch? Anyways, um, putting stress on plastic containers by washing them in the dishwasher or a rough scrub with brushes increases the ability of that plastic to leach whatever it's made out of. So what happens is it can create deep grooves for the bacteria to reside in as well. So um, James Rogers, who's the director of food and safety research and testing at Consumer Reports, um, also talked about how putting highly acidic foods, tomatoes or citrus fruits, in these products does the same thing. So a microwave safe label on plastic containers doesn't mean that the product is safe from a health standpoint. Some of the plasticizers and chemicals can transfer from the plastic container into the food during heating. So they advocate to transfer your food out of the plastic and into a glass bowl before it's microwaved. Uh, Another aspect, discoloration of the container can signal that chemical change has occurred in the plastic. Usually that happens because there's lots of little micro holes or tears. And then what happens is once they have an interaction with the food and the plastic, because the plastic is degrading, so the plastic's discolored, it tells you that the plastic is breaking down. So number, well, we'll get to actionable steps. So any damaged plastic food storage containers should be discarded. 
any of them. Um, BPA in the body. (laughs) They found majority of daily exposure to BPA happens through diet, right? So that's why we talk more so. And they talk about the reason why we worry about BPA is that going all the way back to the 30s when it was tested for use as a pharmaceutical, it was clear that it acts like an estrogen. Estrogen is a very powerful hormone that is important for reproduction and fertility, but it's also important for development of sex organs, development of the brain, controlling metabolism. So it has a role in muscle development and fat development. So even in the very small amounts, very small amounts of tinkering with estrogen or estrogen pathways in the body can have a very serious outcome in terms of your health. Um, What basically happens is the molecules in BPA make it more likely to bind to estrogen receptors. So um, when you're looking at BPA, so what do you do? And I mean, I think that's another really great one. You look at men who have um, additional adipose tissue on their belly or gynecomastia, which would be male breast tissue. Those are ones and you're like, are you eating out of plastic? Because that is one of these simple things that you can do from a lateral shift perspective. And you're going to think, I'm just going to go and use BPA-free. Here's what I would tell you. Um, you have to just throw them away and replace them. <laughs> but Dr. Leanne, there's no, yes, there is a way. Because what you're likely spending in terms of, you, you know, your kids, the effect that it's having, your fertility, your weight, and a lot of the, um, a lot of like breast cancers for females specifically can be estrogen based so you're having an effect on that and you're like what's easier throwing out that plastic or going through some big diagnosis and you're like that's not just the one and only thing but those are things that we know about hormone-based cancers and so what do we do in our house number one glass glass is simple now i know sometimes people are concerned about the lids that are on there we don't warm up the food with any of the lids and we ensure that it's 100 cooled down before we put the lid on you store it in the fridge and the food doesn't touch the plastic lids. Glass containers. You can find these at a lot of your big box stores and they are very reasonably priced at this point, um, which is nice. You can, I stay away from porcelain and ceramic for the most part, but then the other one that we use is stainless steel. So for example, um, I pack lunches several days a week for my elementary school kiddos And I have a reusable stainless steel container. You know, so we put in all of our healthy like nitrite-free meats and organic cheese and almond flour crackers. And (laughs) I did put pickles in his lunch. The kid loves pickles. So I put pickles in his lunch. And um, my oldest came home and he said, Mom, do not put those pickles. They went bad. And I'm like, pickles are fermented. They don't go bad. He goes, it stunk. Mom, don't put pickles in my lunch anymore. So I, um, I'm no longer allowed to put pickles in his lunch. He'll eat them at home though. So we'll call that a good, better, best. <laughs> but this is one that's simple. Throw away your plastic. Don't warm it up. If you're like, oh no, I'm just get rid of your plastic. Glass is the way to go don't throw them but I carry my lunch and I just use all of my glass containers so you can do it and it is worth it for your health now when we come back there are two different types of inflammation 
One might be slightly better than the other, but I'll talk more about that next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317 893 2853. It's 317 893 2853. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we are talking about inflammation. Now, we have very often always looked at inflammation is a bad thing, and it can be, but you have to understand that there are different types of inflammation. So, you know, we talk about so much, like your body does the right thing at the right time every time. And here's what I think is so interesting about that. Do you ever... Um, you ever hear about someone who um, has an artery in their heart and it's blocked it's what the heart does is it actually forms a new artery and this isn't something that happens at birth that they're like here's this extra one just in case something happens your body's like oh no i need to reroute it and it will literally create a new route to in order to uh, transport blood the way that it needs to like how amazing is our body now, what about um, if you have a cut on your hand? Imagine you have a cut on your hand or your leg, wherever. And um, your body's like, hey, I need to heal that. So the first thing that it does, right, minus the bleeding part, is that it, it senses that cut. And so it sends white blood cells there to help clean it out. You know, I always think it's so interesting. I tell people, how to cuts heal. And we have been marketed to so hard and so heavy that we think Neosporin, right? Like you have to put something on it to help it heal. And you're like, but what if you never put anything on it? Would it still heal? And we're like, oh no, no, it's not just for healing. It's for infection, right? Like if you don't put it on there, it's going to get infected. And you're like, will it though? Because how many, how many places throughout the entire world? Now, do some cuts get infected? Yeah, of course. But if every infected cut was a lack of neosporin, then we'd have a whole lot more systemic infections than we have. But your body, regardless of what country you're born in, what color your skin is, innately, God made us so that when that cut happens, it says, I got to make sure it's clean. I'm going to send some white blood cells there. And it sends white blood cells there. And then what happens after that is it's like, well, we've got we to gotta close this up. We can't have this open wound there for a while. So it utilizes zinc and it increases fibrinogen. So then that way it forms a scab, right? And it holds it together over time until that epithelial tissues, i.e. your skin, fuses together and it heals. 
It's pretty cool. Every single time. You never have to tell your body that. It's part of its innate intelligence, right? How does the body function and heal? Because whether or not you heard Dr. Leon Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic, whether or not you learned it in medical school or you can go your entire life not knowing how inflammation works or a cut heals, your body's innate system is still working on that every single day. So the right kind of inflammation is essential to your body's healing system. So this is where you kind of have to break it down. Acute inflammation versus chronic inflammation. I would say some people are familiar with more of the acute inflammation. So this is often that there's redness, there's warmth, there's swelling and pain around the tissues and joints that occurs as a response to an injury. Like I was talking about, like when you cut yourself. When the body is injured, your immune system releases white blood cells to surround and protect that area. I was a soccer player growing up, and if I sprained my ankle, it would swell. And you think about from like a pediatric standpoint, or even an adult standpoint, if you sprain an ankle or twist your shoulder or twist your knee, right, and it elicits pain, we've always been taught that pain is a negative thing. But your body, that swelling, actually opens up that area in your ankle to help get white blood cells, other macrophages, to help clean up that process. It's part of the healing process. Acute inflammation is how your body fights infection and helps speed up the healing process. This isn't just, you know, my thought process. This is literally uh, Dr. Robert Schmerling. Uh, He's a medical editor of Understanding Inflammation from Harvard Health Publishing. He's also an associated professor at the School of Medicine at Harvard Medical School. Some inflammation is good. Too much is often bad. The goal is to recognize when inflammation is simply doing its job and when it can potentially cause problems. Acute inflammation is a good thing. But you think as a society, more typically from what we have, we're like, oh, sprained an ankle. Give it some Tylenol, ibuprofen, get that inflammation down. Sprain your knee, sprain your shoulder. Ugh, what OTC can I take to get this down? And you're like, this is your body's first line of defense. What's interesting too is this process works the same as if you had a virus, like a cold or a flu. You know, but then same thing. What do we do? We're like, we want to just address the symptoms. And you're like, But a fever, for example, right? We already talked about how a fever is your body's first defense mechanism. Literally increases other white blood cells, um, retards the growth, stops the growth of additional, lessens the duration of illness, all the things. But the first thing that we see when we see something like a fever, we're like, ugh, I was always taught, get a fever down, right? I was always taught, you do this. Like we treat every ailment with an over-the-counter. And unfortunately, it takes away our body's defense mechanism. Now, granted, listen, I was a kid who sprained my ankle and does it stink? It sure does. But the problem is, is that we're not addressing the root cause and saying, hey, this right now, what I'm experiencing is really good inflammation. This is acute inflammation. This is innate immunity working at its finest to be able to um, stop that process. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. On the other aspect of things, 
In contrast, when inflammation gets turned up too high, or if it lingers for a long time, and the immune system continues to pump out white blood cells and chemical messengers that prolong the process, it's known as chronic inflammation. So from the body's perspective, it's under consistent attack. So the immune system keeps fighting indefinitely. When this happens, white blood cells, so white blood cells are kind of your immune cells, white blood cells may end up attacking nearby healthy tissue and organs. For example, um, if you're overweight and you have more visceral, so like around the organs, fat cells, the deep type of fat that surrounds your organs, the immune system may see those cells as a threat and attack them with white blood cells. The longer you're overweight, the longer your body remains in a state of chronic inflammation. They've done quite a bit of research with chronic inflammation. It shows it's associated with heart disease, diabetes, cancer, arthritis, bowel disease like Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. Yet, because chronic inflammation can continue for a long time, it's not easy to know its uh, exact impact. Uh, Dr. Schmerling says it's kind of like the chicken and egg scenario. Does chronic inflammation increase the risk of these ailments or is a byproduct? It is not always clear. Um, so again, when you see a lot of these more immune system, and that's one where you're like, you know, we test for inflammation. We test. And there are, there are, there are lab tests you can do for inflammation, right? Um, a blood test that measures a protein produced by the liver, it's your C-reactive protein, also known as CRP, rises in response to inflammation. Uh, CRP levels between one and three milligrams per liter of blood often signals a low yet chronic level of inflammation. Um, your erythrocyte sedimentation rate, your ESR, is another blood test for inflammation. Um, it's often used f uh, for people with inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis. The problem is, is that with these tests, they're pretty general tests. So it says basically yes or no. Is your body inflamed? Is there inflammation? Is there inflammation in your body? Yes or no? But it doesn't tell you exactly why. So that's one of the aspects when we're looking at what our inevitable goals are at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is when we talk about getting to the root cause, it's not just like a one size fits all. Like uh, I had a patient, he was a, he's a radio listener. If you're listening right now, I am talking specifically to you, but he's like, I'm healthy as a horse. And I was like, are you? And he was like, yeah, I'm getting adjusted and I'm juicing every day and I'm active with my job. And I said, sir how many packs of cigarettes do you smoke a day? And he said, well, one to two, depending on the day. I said, then you're not healthy. He said, well, what do you call that other stuff? And I said, you can't just pick and choose like what's best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't just pick and choose. Like you, you have to do all of the things. And even if you're moving like a little bit in a good, better, best scenario, is he likely undoing some stress because like oxidative stress on the cells from his smoking by juicing? Yes. But I would rather have him not smoke and not juice. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh, there are lots of things that you can do that have an impact on this. 
And so when we're looking at kind of the inevitable, so how inflammation affects the bodies. So let's take a couple different organ systems. So let's talk about how inflammation can affect the body. Now, this is inflammation. There are people that will say inflammation is at the root of practically all known chronic conditions. Um, One is your brain. Pro-inflammatory cytokinase cause autoimmune reaction in the brain, which can lead to depression, autism, poor memory, Alzheimer's, MS. I see a lot of this with the thyroid. Autoimmunity as a result of inflammation can reduce total thyroid receptor count and disrupt thyroid hormone function. Um, Autoimmune lungs induces autoimmune reactions against the lining of the airways can result in allergies and asthma. GI tract, right? This is the intestinal lining can result in issues like GERD, Crohn's, celiacs. Kidneys, inflammatory cytokinase restrict blood flow to the kidneys. So complications like edema, So if you feel like you're swollen a lot, like you wake up and just are swollen, hypertension, nephritis, um, and kidney failure. Oftentimes people say hypertension, that's only with my heart. That is not true. I mean, not just your heart, but most people don't know that your kidneys have a very large play when it comes to your blood pressure. And so, for example, people very often, if they have kidney stones, will want to do something called lithotripsy. And they say, hey, it's no big deal. It's just a little of these ultrasonic wave pulses that go and they blast up these very hard, unpassable, calcium, likely, based kidney stones. But no worries. Your kidneys are safe. And you're like, is it? Because all of the research actually shows that it uh, irreversibly damages your kidneys to where you will likely suffer from irreversible, unmanageable high blood pressure moving forward. Why? Because it affects your kidneys. It damages the tubules in your kidneys. Bones. Inflammation interferes with the bone's natural ability to repair bone mass, so it increases the number of fractures, uh, leads to conditions like osteopenia and osteoporosis. Skin. So many times I'll see um, it compromises liver and kidneys. So that's how your body um, helps rid itself from toxins. So oftentimes it'll result in rashes, dermatitis, eczema, acne, psoriasis. It'll increase wrinkles, right? You're like, how come you have more wrinkles if you smoke? Well, there you go. Um, It's not just around your mouth, right? Muscles, again, can cause muscle pain and weakness, manifest as carpal tunnel syndrome, polymyalgia, rheumatica, just to name a few. Right, And so when we're looking at cardiovascular system, heart disease, stroke, blood pressure, diabetes, anemia, all of these come from signs and symptoms of how inflammation affects your body. And so is there some actionable steps? Is there something that you right now listening can do from your house? And the answer is absolutely. And I'll share exactly what those are next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Videos, tips, deals, and more. Find Greenwood Family Chiropractic on Instagram. Here's Dr. Leanne.
Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam consultation. Today we are talking about inflammation inflammation most people don't know that not all inflammation is bad there is an aspect of good inflammation but what's the saying um anything in excess too much of a good thing (laughs) right and so the average person wouldn't necessarily see inflammation as a good thing but it is that is your body's first line of defense innate immunity going and helping clean up debris, tissues, healing processes. So number one, stop interfering with acute inflammation. Number two, when that good thing has become too much, stop ignoring chronic inflammation. (laughs) We talked about two of the lab tests. Unfortunately, they're not very specific when it comes to how we're, uh, we're teaching. Now, that being said... This is one where what can you do? What are some natural ways to address inflammation, right? These are um, overall ones just like naturally to make your body feel better. Number one, hydration. This is so interesting because did you know, so the University of Washington did a study and what it found Um, It discovered that one glass of water stopped hunger pangs for almost 100% of studied dieters. Why do I tell you that? Because you say, oh, am I on a diet? No, you're not. But there are so many times that in the United States, and I see this in lab work, unfortunately, I see it more often than I would like to see, which is never, um, is that people are massively overweight and they're actually nutrient deficient. Like, how is it that in our society, we have access to all of the water, all of the healthy food, and yet somehow 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated and we are chronically overweight. And because we're, we're giving our body what it wants, not what it... We, we're giving our body what we think it wants not what our body from a nutrient standpoint actually needs i look at these countries and it's like people are walking miles to get water and it's not even good clean water and yet we can just run our tap now do i recommend you drinking tap water no but if it came to the fact that you said oh my gosh i'm so chronically dehydrated that i literally might die i would say you should drink that tap water (laughs) The miracle that water is, dehydration taxes the heart by causing it to pump faster to get sufficient amount of oxygen to your muscles. Like water allows effective cellular repair. It helps clean toxic waste from various parts of the body, carries it to the liver and kidney for removal. It allows for red blood cells to carry oxygen more effectively, um, better muscular function, increases mental acuity lubricates joints and lessens discomfort from arthritis, prevents memory loss as you age, lessens um, addictive urges, including caffeine, alcohol, and certain drugs. 
right? Like water is so important. I mean, all of those shows, like the first thing that they do is they drink water. You know, look at any like nutritional based plan and most of them will tell you to get 80 to 120 ounces of water per day per day this is always one too where people are like oh, i saw this article about this lady who had four bottles of water and then she died and i'm like did they look at her blood sugar because so many times when people are that thirsty it is because their blood sugar is incredibly high 300s 400s 500s they drink all the water they go into this diabetic coma they have a seizure they die and they're like oh it's definitely from the water and you're like was it though did they do any other testing because usually if there's someone who's dying or dead they're not gonna be like i wonder what their blood sugar was let's test it now because that's not how the process of death works right and so you're like, oh, so you think it was the fact that they drank 30 ounces of water all at once. Well, I can tell you, friend, that's not how the osmotic gradient of your body works. 30 ounces of water is not going to kill you because it's too much water. But we have this one article that this news journalist thought could get a ton of traction. And here we are. Get real. Um, I try to see before I even have a first meal. I'll do intermittent fasting. And I will see if I can't get 30 ounces of water. Here's what I've realized too. If I drink water before I drink coffee, I am a coffee drinker, very clean and healthy. Um, coffee, mycotoxin freeze. Anyways, it's not a coffee show. And um, if I drink coffee first, I drink exponentially less water throughout the day. If I choose to drink water and then coffee, somehow I drink more water throughout the day. Is there something behind it? I don't really know. I'm just telling you what happens for me. Um... So if you can aim at getting 8 to 16 ounces of water within the first 20 minutes of waking up, plus two, watch how it moves the digestive system. Um, caffeine is a diuretic. So is alcohol. So if you're using these in moderation, you also want to ensure that you're increasing your water intake. Number two, well, I guess this is like number four or five, but also <laughs> it's really what I meant. Um, I see all of these people who are doing water flavors, but then I look at the ingredients and I say, hey, that you know, stick of liquid IV has dextrose in it, has sugar in it, and it has cyanocobalamin. So cyanide is a derivative on your B12 and you're drinking it and you're like, I'm doing so many good things. And you're like, that's like eight grams of sugar per one of those, you know? Also, there's dye in it. There's artificial this and that. Where we have the little squeezy water containers, which are full of propylene glycol, which is antifreeze. Um, you know, and you're like, but it tastes like fruit punch. And you're like, come on. Right? There's other ones. Um, there are other electrolyte-based drinks. Or you can always add in or use more orally good quality sea salt. Pink Himalayan, Celtic, Redsman salt. I literally, that, if I'm fasting, like if I'm doing a longer fast, when I tell you my body craves salt, that I can put like a thing in my hand and like put it down. You'd think it's gross, but what is it? Isn't there like an animal that does like a salt lick? Is that a cat? Cows? I'm Googling this. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a salt lick, also known as a mineral lick. And farmers have historically provided natural salt licks for their cattle, horses, and other 
herbivores to encourage healthy growth and development. <laughs> oh, man. Some people use salt sticks to attract wildlife such as deer and moose along with smaller creatures like squirrels. It encourages healthy growth and development. Typically, a lick from the form of a block is used in these circumstances. Interesting. So I guess I'm kind of like uh, some farm animals with the salt lick. <laughs> Anyways, there's a sodium potassium gradient. Long story short, so it helps with muscles and absorption of, of hydration. Move. Move, move, move. Daily exercise is great for pumping the lymphatic fluid, boosting circulation, delivering fresh blood to tissues, which is important because it should be full of oxygen. So it helps increase oxygen to tissues, helps balance neurotransmitters. It's so funny. Um, my husband is currently doing 75 hard. It's a mental toughness challenge at 75 days. It's two 45-minute workouts. One's supposed to be outside. It's 100 ounces of water or a gallon of water. I forget. Um, 10 pages of a reading, take a progress picture. Oh, follow a meal plan, no alcohol, no cheats, right? And you get to set the meal plan. Anyways, long story short, two 45-minute workouts. I'm like, you have to think, like they count a 45-minute walk as a workout and be like, oh, I got to lift or do these things. Then I would say like, you just were outside cleaning up all the stuff from the tornado. Like you were sawing down logs and doing all this. He's like, that's not a workout. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, the average person who's only getting in, you know, a thousand, two thousand steps a day and just walking to and from their car at work and around their house, you have to get moving. That's one where you also kind of see people do rebound therapy. I used to think that this was crazy when people were like, uh, one aspect of Gerson therapy, which is a holistic cancer treatment or cancer therapy, whatever you want to call it, um, is rebound therapy. So they have balls or little mini trampolines. But what happens is rebound therapy helps with lymphatic drainage. Lymphatic is what moves around all the kind of sludge through the body. But rebounding actually improves venous and lymphatic cir circulation and allows to detoxify and oxygenate the body more effectively. Fun thing about cancer, it's an anaerobic cell. It hates oxygen, you know. Um, you have to address what you're putting in. I will find that the people are most inflamed, you know, <laughs> they're most inflamed. They complain most about pain. We have a couple people who are, um, well, we've got a lot of patients in the office, but I have two of them currently that I know of. And I remember, uh, last Christmas time I was like, Hey, like, I've really been missing you. Like ever, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. It's just my busy season. And I said, what do you do again? And she's like, I work at a morgue. And you're like, you are ignoring your health during the holidays and people are dying at exponentially higher rates. And you're like, oh, yeah. You're like, no, there's a reason for this. So some actionable steps that you can take. Number one, reduce sugar and grains. What are grains? Corn. Corn's not a vegetable. It's a grain. <laughs> That's the pies. It's the carbohydrates. It's the buns. It's the breads. It's the... You know, when you're looking, it's the pastas, you got to, those all turn into sugar in the body. Um, make sure that you have a good, healthy form of fat. We In our house, we have coconut oil, avocado oil. What did I say? Coconut, avocado, olive oil. I don't love, um, we have grass-fed butter. I don't, ghee, Some there's something about the flavor that's like not my favorite and I can taste it in everything. Um, but those are the things. 
uh, olive oils we don't cook with. Everything else um, we do butter in a lower heat temperature because it's got a lower smoke point. Those are the only oils we have in our house, right? Change over your oils. Get some really good. So you want to avoid highly processed oils, canola, safflower, soy, sunflower. Decrease those. Um, Reduce stress. (laughs) Chronically elevated pro-inflammatory cytokine markers are especially bad for the immune system. So opening the door for opportunistic infection and increasing the chance of coming down with an illness. This is one. Very oftentimes when someone gets diagnosed with cancer, you know what they look for? Viruses. Why? Because that virus is, is your body's working on that virus. So it's not paying attention to all those abnormal cells, which turn into cancer cells. Um, avoid artificial light two hours before bedtime. You can use blue light blocking glasses. Um, limit caffeine to morning my husband doesn't really listen to my radio show but we made um this past week we made coffee for church and we brought it and he didn't drink it all and it was like 4 30 and I look over and he was taking a big swig of coffee I'm like that's an eight hour half-life I bet you don't sleep well tonight and guess what I don't I don't know what time he came to bed but when I woke up he was on the couch which means he probably couldn't sleep and he just went down on the couch so I'm like oh my gosh I might be a crazy wife but I'm also really mostly smart it's just hard because I'm his wife too. Um, and then anti-inflammatories, really healthy omega-3s, curcumin, vitamin D, glutathione, right? Go If you want the best source of glutathione, primeivygreenwood.com is where you need to go. It's literally um, goes directly into your veins and you can have an increase immediately. So omega-3s, like your body has to process through and absorb it through the intestines, this is where I'm telling you, glutathione. If you go primeivygreenwood.com, primeivygreenwood.com, you can schedule an appointment. Vitamin C, glutathione, I, I personally believe almost every single person should be on. So hopefully you learned a little bit of something, salt licks or glutathione combined. <laughs> Look forward to next week, but always remember. Oh, if you want to schedule an appointment, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, 317-893-2853. Power's on. <laughs>